Another week, another primetime matchup for the Irish. And even though I like Notre Dame's chances in practically every matchup on paper against Louisville, I think we're in for another dogfight that goes down to the wire. But this time, it's personal. You are Locked On Irish, your daily podcast on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Irish, your daily Notre Dame podcast. Today is Wednesday, October 4th, and thank you for making this your first listen each and every day. I'm the host, Tyler Wojak. I'm a Notre Dame alum and producer covering college football for Fox Sports. And today, we officially turn the page to another primetime game. This one between your 10th-ranked Notre Dame Fighting Irish and the 25th-ranked Louisville Cardinals. I'll break down what Louisville brings to the table, share my keys to the game, plus I'll do some predictions at the end. But here's what you need to know about this one. Right now, Notre Dame is favored by 6.5 by our friends at FanDuel, and the over-under is 53.5. So Vegas is projecting a 30-23 to win by Notre Dame or something around there. And I'm not going to lie, I was a little surprised to see the over-under that high, and I'll get into the reasons why later on in this show. But it's going to be a sellout at the place formerly known as Papa John's Cardinal Stadium. It is now the LNN Federal Credit Union Stadium. That really rolls off the tongue now, doesn't it? Uh, anyway, Joe Testator and Jordan Rogers are going to be on the call. And actually, a local legend, Louisville celebrity Katie George, is going to be the sideline reporter. Does that give them the advantage? I don't know. We will see. But it probably means it's going to be another crazy game because I feel like every single time that Joe Tessitore is on the call for a Notre Dame game, it always goes down to the wire and there's all kinds of crazy stuff that goes on. Or maybe I just have PTSD from the Texas game that took place way back in 2016. But let's look at what's at stake here for Notre Dame. This is their seventh straight game without a bye week in the third game of a particularly brutal stretch that started with the home game against Ohio State that went down to the very last play. And then followed that up with a road game against the 17th-ranked Duke Blue Devils, well, 17th at the time. That went down to the very last play as well. So two straight games that went down to the wire. Notre Dame is going to have a really tough test again on Saturday against Louisville. The Irish entered this game with their 30-game win streak against ACC opponents on the line, which is a new record, by the way. Most consecutive wins against the SC, or against the ACC, even though Notre Dame is technically not even in the ACC. The record still stands. And as we look at this big picture, Notre Dame can still make the playoff, I think, if they win out. They still need some stuff to happen um, because it's tougher to make the uh, college football playoff with one loss when you don't have a conference championship. But lose one more game this regular season, and that dream is dead. So Notre Dame has to take care of business this Saturday, and then they have arguably the biggest test of the season next Saturday against their arch-rival USC at home, which, by the way, they also have the uh, reigning Heisman Trophy winner. So that's going to be really tough as well. So... Much like it was for the Duke game, I feel like this game is about survival for Notre Dame. Get through it, get the win, stay healthy, and just try to survive because they need to have everything left, everything that they could possibly have in the tank going up against USC, who is another top 10 team. As for Louisville, man, this is their Super Bowl. I mean it. Their schedule is really weak this year. This is their biggest game. Maybe the Kentucky game at the end of the year, that is their rival. Uh, Both teams could have pretty good records at the time, but... This feels like their Super Bowl. It's definitely the biggest game to date of the Jeff Brom era. I've mentioned before, I think on the season preview, that the Brom family, not just Jeff, his brother Brian, and really all of the Broms, they're Louisville royalty. They're the first family of Louisville. Everyone thought 
that Jeff Brown was going to come back to Louisville in 2019, but it didn't happen. Jeff actually looked at the Louisville football program and what Bobby Petrino had done to it the second time around and was like, that's too messy. I'm going to wait. Scott Satterfield came in, didn't have a super successful tenure there. He is now the coach at Cincinnati, and then Jeff Brown felt like it was a good time to come back home, and the fan base is extremely excited about it. Uh, they are 5-0 and for the first time since 2013, and they have extended rest in this one because they played on Friday of last week, and they were able to win a very physical game against the NC State Wolfpack by a score of 13-10. to What it lacked in offense and made up for in physical defensive play, if you watch that game, you know the offense was just absolutely disgusting in this one. So bad that Brennan Armstrong, the quarterback of NC State, has now been benched. It was, uh, it was that bad for the Wolfpack in that one, but... Louisville's coming into this one. They're riding high. The fans are extremely passionate, and this is going to be a very hostile environment. It is their first home sellout since the 2019 season opener, which, as you might recall, was the last time that Notre Dame visited the Derby City. So the program is in a much better spot this time around. They're really excited. They're really pumped to have a team that is fun to root for, frankly, because even the Satterfield teams, who I, I thought they'd be good, they weren't. But now they've got their man, their hometown hero leading the charge. They're undefeated, and they are revved up and ready to go for this one. This fan base has been really waiting for a game like this for a really long time. I asked a few of my buddies uh, who are big Louisville fans, this is the biggest Louisville game since when? Biggest Louisville home game, I should say, since when? And they were saying as far back as 2016 in the game against Clemson. So it has been a long time since they've had a game like this, and I expect their fan base to be ready to go, and the team is going to be fired up and ready as well. If you look at the serious history between these two teams, uh, Notre Dame has the advantage. They've won two out of three, but every game has been like the equivalent of getting a root canal, and you don't have to look much further than that 2020 game. Notre Dame won that one 12-7. I actually blacked this one out of my memory, I think. I barely remember anything about this game other than uh, Ian Book's go-ahead touchdown in the third quarter. It felt like Notre Dame was consistently driving in that one, and they just could not convert in the red zone. It was just incredibly frustrating and a really gross game, and uh, maybe the grossest game of that entire season. That was one that as soon as it ended, you're like, all right, I can't wait to forget about that one. Fortunately, Notre Dame did. They went on to have an undefeated regular season. 2019, that was the season opener that I was referring to earlier. I was actually at that game. Louisville was in such a bad spot. I was really hoping that Notre Dame would smack them, blow them out. I could talk trash to all my friends. I mean, Notre Dame won 35-17, but it didn't really feel like a blowout. And I remember coming out of that game almost feeling like a moral loss. And I thought Notre Dame would get absolutely crushed by Georgia a couple weeks later. They didn't, but still, it was not the most satisfying win to start the season way back in 2019. And then you go to 2014, and that, that brings up nothing but bad memories. Notre Dame lost at home to Louisville, 31-28. to The weather was miserable for that one. Um, at the time, I was a freshman at Holy Cross, and I actually had one of my closest friends from Louisville come visit that game. He stayed with me in the student section, chirped me all game, as he's known to do. Uh, shout out, Breck Stodgill, if you're listening to this. And uh, yeah, that was not a lot of fun at all. It made it worse that Reggie Bonifon, who is his, he was a true freshman quarterback at Louisville. He won that game for the cards. Not only that, Reggie Bonifon basically single-handedly ended my high school football playing career and really my football playing career in general, unless you count. Actually, no, we're going to count Interhall. That matters. We won a championship. No big deal. Anyway, Reggie ended my high school career. He was the quarterback at Trinity. Ran for 200, passed for 200. We couldn't stop him. Trinity beat us in the playoffs, and uh, that is talking Kentucky high school football for this podcast. So 
A lot of tough games against Louisville in the past. I expect this one to be another really tough matchup for the Irish. And uh, when you consider the spot that both teams are in, I think it definitely favors Louisville. But on paper, I think Notre Dame has the advantage in most matchups on the field. And I'll break them down right after this. This episode of Lockdown Irish is brought to you by Bird Dogs. I've raved about Bird Dog shorts before in the podcast, and I'm here to do it again because they are just that good. Not only do they make you look better, they're way more comfortable than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a waist slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. So not only can you wear these shorts to the gym, you could wear them on the golf course, out to lunch, on a date, really wherever you want, and you will look good wearing them. I promise you. Go to birddogs.com slash college or enter promo code LOCKDOWNCOLLEGE for a free water bottle at checkout. That's birddogs.com slash college or promo code LOCKDOWNCOLLEGE for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Before we shift gears here and go through Louisville's personnel, I'd like to remind you to please like the video below and subscribe to the channel if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening to the podcast, please rate the show five stars, leave a nice review, and of course, subscribe. Let's start by taking a look at Louisville's offense. Uh, their head coach, Jeff Brom, and his, bro- and his brother, Brian Brom, who was another legendary Louisville quarterback, Honestly, maybe one of the best in in school history outside of Johnny Unitas. They run the offense. Jeff Brom is an offensive-minded guy. And at Purdue, the Broms mostly ran the air raid. But considering what they inherited at Louisville, they've been a much more balanced offense. And a lot of that has to do with their running back, Jawar Jordan. He's number 25. He is a very, very good player uh, for that Louisville offense. And they're 10th in the country in yards per play at 7.5, and they're 25th in yards per rush at 5.2 yards per carry, and 5th in yards per attempt at 10.5. So that's a lot of numbers being thrown at you, but you can see uh, that they are able to pass the ball well, they're able to run the ball well, or at least they have been able to for the vast majority of the season. But some important context, they have played a very weak schedule. The best defense they've played so far this season is NC State. I believe they were 38th in scoring defense going into that game, uh, the Wolfpack were, and Louisville was only able to put up 13 points on them. Notre Dame did put up 45, uh, for comparison's sake, something to keep in mind. And their quarterback is a familiar face. You might have heard of him, Jack Plummer. This is his third start against Notre Dame in as many different uniforms. Uh, last year, he faced the Irish as the starting quarterback for Cal in what might have been this the worst or at least the least aesthetically appealing football game I have ever seen. And we just talked about the Louisville game in 2020. I would rather watch the Louisville game in 2020 over the 2022 Notre Dame-Cal game. And even worse, Notre Dame did the Irish wear green for that. It was Drew Pine's first start. And during that first half, Pine looked like he had never even played football before. Somehow, Notre Dame was able to pull off the win. And part of that is because Plummer played terribly for Cal. He went 16 of 37 for 184 yards, one touchdown, and he did get sacked six times, so it's not really all of his fault. Uh, He did put up better numbers when he was at Purdue playing for Jeff Brom, but it still resulted in a loss. Overall, Jack Plummer is 0-6 against ranked opponents in his career, but to his credit, he's been having the best year of his career so far, Um, but even then, he's been pretty inconsistent. He is completing 65% of his passes, but he's thrown 11 touchdowns to six interceptions already, including... Perhaps the ugliest interception I've ever seen uh, in that second half against NC State. Louisville was in the red zone, and he just like, I have no idea what he was doing. He just lofted the ball straight to an NC State defender, and uh, yeah, I, I I could not believe it in the moment. And this is a veteran guy. This is not like a true freshman. He's been playing college football uh, for like a decade plus, much like Sam Hartman. So he's been good this year, 
But part of that success has to do with the fact that Louisville has some really impressive skill players on the outside. Jamari Thrash, he's number one. Uh, he's their best wide receiver for sure. He's a transfer from Georgia State. This dude can fly. He's averaging over 20 yards per catch and has five touchdowns on the year already. Just a really explosive wide receiver that Notre Dame is going to have to um, cover, bracket. They're going to have to do everything they can to stop him because he's just that good. Uh, Kevin Coleman, he's number three. He's a transfer from Jackson State. Coach Prime's old school. Apparently, Coleman wasn't good enough to make the cut to transfer to Colorado, but I still think he's a very productive player, uh, and he's had a good season so far. Amari Huggins-Bruce, he's another solid receiver as well. He's got 13 catches, 191 yards, and a couple touchdowns as well. So, Plummer has been inconsistent, but he's able to make some throws, and these receivers are good enough to make some plays on the outside and definitely uh, good enough to put a scare in this Notre Dame secondary, despite how good Notre Dame's corners are. I still think their offense goes through Jawar Jordan, the running back. He finished the 2022 season really strong, and he's carried that over into this season. He's incredibly explosive, already has a couple runs over 70 yards, uh, and he had a 75-yard touchdown reception against Boston College. He's averaging 7.7 yards per carry on on 66 carries this season, including four yards after contact, so he's tough to bring down as well. NC State, though, was able to keep him in check. Um, He only gained 32 yards on 16 carries against the Wolfpack. But as we know, that NC State defense is pretty tough. Offense is abysmal, but they've got a really solid defense that even Notre Dame struggled with as well, despite the fact that they were able to put up 45 points. A lot of that had to do with a really uh, solid field position they got because the defense forced three turnovers. Louisville's offensive line has been a little bit shaky uh, so far this season. They've given up nine sacks, which isn't a ton, but Plummer has been pressured on 33% of his dropbacks this season. Personally, and this might just be my eyes deceiving me, I think that Louisville's defense uh, is going to be more of a problem than their offense, even though statistically it might not look that way. They're giving up 17.2 points a game. That's 24th in the country, but I think they're the defensive line is just really disruptive. Um, it was something that jumped off the screen when I watched them in the season opener against Georgia Tech. Those first few series, they looked like one of the best defensive lines in the country. But then Georgia Tech started to wear them down a little bit, and then you started to think, wait, where did that really aggressive defensive line go? So I think they're more of a bend but don't break defense. They're certainly susceptible to giving up some yards. They actually give up an average of 5.3 yards per play which isn't great, and they give up 7.1 yards per attempt through the air, which is uh, pretty mediocre as well. That's 60th in the country. They don't have a lot of sacks, but they do have some uh, really good edge rushers and none better than Ashton Galati. He is number nine. He's one of the best pass rushers Notre Dame is going to face all season long. He has five sacks already this season, and uh, something I just feel is necessary to point out. Luke Smith sent this to me. Shout out, Luke. Apparently, someone tweeted... Uh, at Galati, quote, you better be all over Hartman, make him feel every hit. And then Galati replied, that's the plan, fist up and L's up. Just saying. He's also going to be going up against Joe Walt for the vast majority of the game. So that is going to be one hell of a battle to watch. And I'm excited to see who wins that one. Going back to Louisville's bend but don't break defense. They've given up a lot of yards, but once teams get in the red zone against them, They've really locked it down. Teams are only scoring on 54.6 of their trips to the red zone this season. That is fifth in the country, one above Notre Dame uh, for that matter. They've got some pretty solid linebackers. TJ Quinn, he's number 34. He's their leading tackler. His dad was actually a very good football player at UofL as well. Quincy Riley, number three. 
He's a disruptive player in their secondary. He has five passes defended on the air plus a pick. So Notre Dame should be able to move the ball effectively against this defense, but they're probably going to have to rattle off some explosive plays, something that they did very well early on in the season, but not so much lately, albeit against two very good defenses in Duke and Ohio State. But you're going to have to hit some explosive plays, and when Notre Dame does get into the red zone, they have to convert those opportunities. It hurt them really badly against Duke because they get to the red zone and they weren't able to get the ball into the end zone, and then they really struggled kicking field goals. You can't really rely on Spencer Strader at this point. So Notre Dame has to take advantage of every opportunity they get when they're close to scoring because this defense is going to make it difficult. It's going to be a really interesting battle seeing that Notre Dame offense try to bounce back after a couple of lackluster performances. So as for the special teams, they do have a good kicker, Louisville does. They've got Brock Travelstead, who is 6 of 8 on field goals for the year, including a long of 53. I wish our kicker was 6 of 8 on field goals for the year. Um, They also have a good kick coverage unit as well. Notre Dame hasn't threatened at all in that department, really on punt return or kick return. I wish they were better at that, but so far it has been pretty anemic back there. So it's hard to really give an advantage to anyone there, but I guess maybe you could give it to Louisville. Either way, it's slight. But uh, that's the scouting report on Louisville. So coming up next, I'll go over my keys to the game for Notre Dame, and then I'll give out some predictions. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in the action than right now. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Now that I've gone over what Louisville brings to the table, let's look at the Notre Dame side of things and what I think they need to do in order to pull off this road win. Number one, on offense, let Sam Hartman cut it loose because this is a revenge game for him. If you aren't aware, Sam Hartman had the worst game of his career last year at Louisville in maybe one of the worst games ever played by a quarterback. Certainly one of the worst quarters if not the worst. Hartman was responsible for six turnovers in one quarter against Louisville last season. Six. And Wake Forest was ranked 10th in the country at the time. He had three picks and three lost fumbles. Granted, a lot of these Louisville defenders have moved on. Some of those guys have returned. And I can tell you right now, from the Louisville fans that I've encountered, they are not afraid of Sam Hartman. But I think they should be. I think they should be. Because I think that Sam Hartman has thought a lot about this game over the past year, probably, ever since that game happened. And I'm sure that he's been itching for the opportunity to get back and make up for it. And it's also really encouraging that he has two of his most productive wide receivers coming back. Jane Thomas and Jane Greathouse are expected to play this weekend. You know from watching that two game that Notre Dame got absolutely nothing from their wide receivers. Tight end, Mitchell Evans, great game. But Notre Dame needs some production from their wideouts to win this one. And it's great to have Thomas and Greathouse back in the rotation. And Louisville has given up a ton of yards through the air so far. They made Haynes King, the Texas A&M transfer to Georgia Tech, look like a Heisman Trophy winner uh, in their season opener. He finished with 313 yards through the air that game. Then Louisville gave up 299 passing yards to Indiana and then 295 to Boston College. Not necessarily passing juggernauts, I would say, but Sam Hartman 
has got to come back in this one. And Notre Dame's offense is at its best when they're hitting on those explosive plays. They haven't been as great as creating long, you know, 12 to 14 play drives this season like they have been in years past. They've been a lot better at hitting explosive plays downfield, some deep balls, and a big reason why is because of Sam Hartman. He hasn't really been able to do it these past two games against much tougher defenses, but I think Notre Dame is going to take some shots against Louisville, and I think they have a much better chance of converting them because they have Thomas and they have Great House back two of their better receivers, and particularly two of their better receivers at making contested catches. So I really want to see Sam Hartman get out there and just let it rip, man, and just sort of wash away everything that happened in that game last year because it was, I mean, it was so bad, man. I was watching a, uh, a different game, probably a Notre Dame game on TV, and they were doing like uh, just check-ins on that game, They're like another turnover for Wake Forest. And I was like, this can't be real. This can't really be happening. But it did, and uh, I'm sure Sam Hartman is ready to get back out there and make up for that. I also would love to see Notre Dame get way more creative in the run game than they did against Duke. I am hopeful that Jared Parker learned from that game and will be better at utilizing his stable of running backs. Uh, Dylan McCullough called it a five-headed monster. We barely saw any of those guys uh, against Duke, and they just kept running it up the middle. Notre Dame had a lot of success uh, bringing in Jadarian Price, Jeremiah Love, running some different reads and getting the ball outside and making Ohio State's defenders make plays in space. I don't know why they didn't do that against Duke. I'm hoping that they do it more against Louisville because I like Notre Dame's athletes in space over their athletes. And personally, please run the sweep, Todrick Estime. That's like my favorite play in the playbook right now because when he's able to get out there and then defenders or particularly defensive backs have to make a business decision when they have to tackle Audric Estime, I think the advantage is Audric Estime in that scenario. So run the sweep, get those pulling guards out in space, and let Audric read the defense in front of him, make some plays, because it's been really successful for Notre Dame so far, and uh, I'd love to see them keep running it. On defense, I think Notre Dame just has to make Jack Plummer beat him. Stack the box, stop the run, and I'll admit, Plummer is good enough to make some big-time throws. He's probably going to get Notre Dame on a few of them because he's a decent quarterback, he knows the offense, and he's got some good receivers to throw to. But Louisville has played one defense that is in the top 50 in expected points added on pass plays. This stat comes from Douglas Farmer, who pointed this out today on Twitter. That defense was NC State, and Louisville only scored 13 points. Their two best offensive performances this season came against Georgia Tech, who is 129th in the country in EPA per pass plays, and Boston College, who is 133rd. I didn't even know there were 133 teams in the FBS, but apparently they are, and that's where Boston College ranked. So, in simple terms, Louisville had a lot more success throwing the ball through the air against literally the worst pass defenses in college football. They played one decent one in NC State, and they literally could not move the ball. So I want Notre Dame to stack the box, stop the run, and then force Jack Plummer to beat them because he hasn't been able to do it this far in his career, and I don't think he'll be able to do it again on Saturday if that's the situation. Because if Louisville is able to run the ball, this game could get dicey. And even if Notre Dame is able to contain that running game for most of the game, and then Jawar Jordan breaks off a big one, much like Travion Henderson did in the Ohio State game, Notre Dame could be in some trouble. They were able to contain a strong rushing attack from Duke for the vast majority in the game, but in the second half, they started to wear down a little bit. And part of that is due to the fact that they were on the field for so long because the Notre Dame offense could not get anything going. They started to wear down a little bit, and Duke started to take advantage. If that happens again against Louisville, again, we could be in for another really close game that comes down to the wire, and I really don't want that to happen. But even though I don't want it to happen, frankly, that's what I think is going to happen because I like Notre Dame to win this one, but I think it's going to be close. I think the Irish win 24-20. to 20. 
They don't cover. It's the under, and it's probably going to be another really painstaking game to watch as a Notre Dame fan. As I was doing my research on Louisville and I was going through this, I realized that I like Notre Dame to win pretty much every matchup on paper. Not by a lot, but I think Notre Dame is a more talented team on both sides of the ball. But as we know, college football games are not won on paper. And given what Notre Dame has had to go through the past couple weeks and the fact that it's on the road, it's Louisville's Super Bowl, I just I, I don't see how this game isn't close. Notre Dame is, is pretty worn down at this point. It's a, a really difficult time in the year. And these this is just one of those games, man, where that home team is probably going to have everything going for it early on. We're going to have ACC refs, which means Notre Dame is going to be having uh, to go up against the officials as well. And Jeff Brom is really good in these games. He just is. They're probably going to run some trick plays. That's a staple of Jeff Brom, particularly in big games. So Notre Dame is going to have to look out for that. And frankly, I think Louisville has the definitive edge in the coaching matchup in terms of in-game strategy. If you want to talk about running a program, long-term future, who's a better recruiter, that's a different conversation. Marcus Freeman has a much better case in that convo. But as we're talking about one game on Saturday night, I think Jeff Brom, given his experience, given his success, I think he's a better coach uh, than Marcus Freeman, and he's going to have their team ready to go. He's going to scheme up a close game, but I have confidence that Marcus and the staff were able to learn from that Duke game and the Ohio State game as well, and I believe that they're going to have Notre Dame ready to play, and if it's close and it's down to the wire, Notre Dame has shown or did show against Duke that they're a gritty team and that when their backs are against the wall, they can come out and they can make some plays, and they're not going to go down without a fight. So once we get down to the fourth quarter, I think Notre Dame is going to have to dig down deep again, but I have faith that they're up for the challenge, and they're going to pull out the win, and uh, it'll be 2-1 and one in this three-game stretch with USC on the docket, and we're going to have to do this all over again against an even better team. Um, but hey, man, it's college football. This is why we love it so much. I love being able to talk about it with you guys. And this game means so much to me. Uh, I literally went to high school in the shadow of the University of Louisville. have a bunch of friends who went there, a bunch of fans who are going to be at the game. I wish I was going to be there, but unfortunately, I am not going to be because I have work. But I can't wait to watch it. It's going to be a blast, and I'm going to continue previewing that game all week here on Locked on Irish. But that is going to do it for me today. Thanks again for making this your first listen of the day. For the everyday listeners, like I said, a lot more preview content the rest of the way. Hoping to have some Louisville insiders on the show as well to hear more about their side of things and uh, just learn more about this Louisville team before the Irish face them on Saturday. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you're getting the podcast and follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Irish, on Instagram at Lockdown Irish Pod, and my personal Twitter account is at Tyler, W-O-J-C-I-A-K. Same time, same place tomorrow. I'll see you then.